This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, Disaster Divas, and welcome back to the pod. Disaster Girls here reporting. Uh, This is Jordan Cruciola. And me, Amanda Smith. And I don't think we can overhype what we have for you today. No. No, it is on the, we are recording the day after Amanda's birthday, and there was really only one choice. And if you tuned into the last episode, which you should have, you would know that this week we are talking about the reason, really, perhaps maybe this in tandem with Volcano, the reason for the podcast. Yeah. The core. We are finally talking about the core. The core, it, like, the Volcano is definitely what sparked the two of us to start yelling excitedly about disaster movies. Right. But I think that it's like the core is a close number two for me in terms of like the rankings of most important films in my life. It's Volcano and then the core like right side by side. I think honestly the core gets mentioned more on this pod than Volcano. Like the core comes up more often. It's gotten more just like, oh, and the core shout outs than than any other movie by far. I feel an obligation because I feel the core is more maligned than Volcano is. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. And, there's there's a standard it, bearer aspect of Volcano. And this is an under this is an underappreciated film. A deeply underappreciated movie. This movie does not and like every time I watch it, I'm just reminded yet again of like, no, this is not only a a good disaster movie, but it's a fun fucking film. It is like, it is whoever did the uncredited punch up on the dialogue to make the dialogue actually really good. <laughs> The di- there's like legitimately funny dialogue. It's clever dialogue. Well, and it has Stanley Tucci. Everything about this movie is perfect. I mean, and it also it hits. To me, it does. It does what um, the core does. What Armageddon does in a less showy way. Mm-hmm. I find this movie to be so emotionally affecting. Uh, every every death makes me cry. Every, every death, yeah. Every one of them is poignant. And that was what Armageddon did best was like, it's a weepy, like it's a soap opera disaster movie. And you care so much for Harry Stamper that like the grand finale of that movie just levels you. And like the guy who's been blinded by the rays of the sun, like saying goodbye to his fucking child. This movie low key is as emotionally effective, but like in, I will say, a sort of higher art kind of way. We have thespians yes. on board. We have, as you said, Stanley Tucci. We have Delroy Lindo. We have Alfre Woodard, Richard Jenkins. We have Chucky Cario. I mean, we have Hilary Swank, who when she's not making bad movies is winning Oscars. Those are her yeah. two fucking modes. And, you know, Aaron Eckhart doing doing the job. So what, Amanda, you're, as, you're the only one who could tell us, what is the core so, about? The core... <laughs> The core is about the Earth's inner, there's two, there's two layers to the core. There's the outer core and an inner core. And the outer core, which controls our electromagnetic field, field, which is sort of like our protective blanket around the Earth that allows life to exist on this planet. The outer core has stopped spinning. And in order to save the planet from imminent destruction, (laughs) a team of scientists 
astronauts must instead of going into space and what are they called what are they called in the hybrid Terranauts. They are the Terranauts, Terranauts. gentlemen. A, a name that, that, that Hillary Swank just like rolls off of her tongue. Oh, like, yeah. It just came to her. Yeah, um, <laughs> in an instant. Yeah, what do we call ourselves? And she just looks up into space, Terranauts? Terranauts? Like, that was, like, wow. Sure. You haven't been thinking about that the entire car ride. Yeah. <laughs> so this group of scientists must journey into the Earth Mm-hmm. Um, to save the planet and restart the planet's outer core spinning using, of course, nukes. Yeah, using using the thing we know what to do with nuclear I, weapons. Yeah, and and along the way they lose. There's moments of peril. It's it's a fantastic movie. Um, and you know, like before we get into the reality index of it, I think it's really important to just point out that in order to enjoy this movie, what you have to go in with this sort of like concession that science doesn't exist. Like, science isn't real. Yeah. None of the science <laughs> is real. Like, the big picture of this movie, if you're like, yeah, but that doesn't... No. As soon as you say, yeah, but that doesn't, you're, you've, you've lost it. Like, <laughs> everything about this film, once you accept that, like, this exists in an alternate universe in which any of this is scientifically accurate or possible... Sure. Once you go in with that, then you're set. Because the rules were set up within the universe all track it's just that none of those rules exist for our universe okay got it got it yeah like they do yeah (laughs) it's it's fine once you're like yeah okay so sure why not science (laughs) let's go um (laughs) and you know to to start off with in terms of the reality index of it i one of my favorite things about this movie is how deeply lived in all of the characters are like i that's what Every I'm talking about. One of those thespians. thespians bringing these characters to life. Yeah. And every single one of those characters, I just like fully believe that this is who they are. This is how they exist. Stanley Tucci's character, um, Zimsky, is the best parody of a Carl Sagan, yes. um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's like, what if Carl Sagan and Desmond from Lost were one person? Oh, <laughs> just, he's such an arrogant asshole. But a delight. With and so much hair. He's so much hair. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't just think like they gave Stanley Tucci extra eyebrows. I think in this film. Well, and I, I immediately, I, 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 it's not something I typically think of Aaron Eckhart in terms of. But when Aaron Eckhart shows up on the screen teaching a class of geology students, like a low level undergrad level geology class, he well, is it's a low level geophysics. Which I'm like, there's not a low level. Okay, sure, low level geophysics. And he, he is such a great rum. Old professor. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at you being rumpled. And then Checky Cario, even even dashing as he is, he his appeal is mm-hmm. that he's like rumpled dashing. So yeah. the fact that these are just like two big brained like academia colleagues, basically, Checky being uh the Serge, the uh, high-energy weapon specialist, and Eckhart's character being a geomagnetic specialist, they are brought in. When suddenly, uh, for no visible reason, a bunch of people drop dead in a 10-block radius in, um, I forget which American city. In Boston. In Boston. 32 people in a 10-block radius, which I actually did the math. I looked it up. I was like, so they, I was like, how many people? Because So the opening sequence is such a great, like, showstopper. It's a great cold open. You open with, like, basically this douchebag sort of investment banker 
who's about to deliver a presentation, like a Patrick Bateman type, and he's about to deliver a presentation and said he drops dead and outside the window, everybody, like there's just chaos is unfurling and buses are like crashing. Yeah. And like the level of chaos is not necessarily commensurate with 32 people dying in a 10 block radius when you consider that it was a very busy 10 block radius and also that but, they that they just that they they just uh, they collapse like there's yeah. no um there's no sort of cardiac arrest it's very quiet it's very it's yeah. instantaneous it's just people basically falling down yes but in the middle but in the middle of a cars. of a green world day carnival that is happening in boston all driving cars and operating heavy machinery, which I thought was really impressive. And like, there's only, so I did, I looked it up and there's like 500,000 to 3 million. They're not sure a number of people with pacemakers in the U S. Okay. And I just really enjoyed that. Like there was a very heavy concentration of them in a 10 block radius for this one moment. It seems to be, it, it, it yeah. those were, those were, you know, the first, one of the first signs well, the first sign that we see in this movie that there's something wrong with the world yeah. is when the military brings in our uh, geomagnetics guy and our high energy weapons guy to be like, these people drop dead in Boston. Is this something we need to worry about from like a foreign hostile power? And they're like, gosh, what's the common denominator between all these people? And ge- genius Aaron Eckhart just goes, pacemakers. He's like, I'm a geo, I'm a geomagnetics guy. He's a high energy weapons guy. Obviously. Uh, this is pacemakers. And yeah. so he determines that that's the commonality. Um, what's going on is that the earth is starting to go wrong. The, the core has stopped spinning. And so gradually, as we will find out from, you know, a great expository lecture from Aaron Eckhart, that we're going to lose the magnetic field, which is going to like the, the grand finale of that would be, it sounds like solar winds basically microwaving the planet. Yeah. In the meantime, there will be uh, surges of electrical storms, uh, birds at one point in, uh, rogue. yeah, in Tropical Bar Square, birds start just fucking up and dying. And it's all going to go yeah, back. They, like, well, they start. They start, don't just start up and dying. They fly into. They they lose all ability to navigate. Which, like, fine. That is, I get it. But also, they lose all ability to navigate and recognize foreign objects because they just start flying yeah. into shit. Yeah. In the best like bird S- chaos by impact scene, basically yeah. mass bird death. Um, yeah. But do we? So like, okay, reality index then. Yeah. What, because what we, what we, what we get when the scientists come together and they're like addressing the Pentagon is that, um, in three months, this is going to start going really bad. And then within a year, the magnetic field will open up and we're going to be cooked by the sun. Yeah. Like you said, science doesn't apply here. Is there, do we know if there's any way that people could even like are even determining this? Like, do we just have to make this up out of whole cloth Or do we think this is based in anything? So I'm guessing what this is based in. So the magnetic field reverses periodically. Okay. Um, That's actually a thing that does happen. So every so often, the magnetic field will flip and what our magnetic north is becomes magnetic south. And we actually can track that. Um, So the earth, so when the, the ocean's crust as being produced, it gets produced evenly on both sides. Mm. It's sort of like if you have... um, two conveyor belts and there's a center point and the two conveyor belts are moving outward away from it. Mm, okay. So that's, that is a place where the, the, it's the seafloor is called seafloor spreading and yeah. you have two. So as you do that, you're creating new crust and that's um, basically like uh, lava that instantly cools mm-hmm. and it's identical on both sides. So it's identical. So if you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's iron <clears throat> in that, in that, um, 
new newly created crust. Right. Using that newly created crust by trap by kind of looking at by analyzing what direction that newly created crust the the iron is polarized in. Hmm. You can see whether it was the historically whether the magnetic field was as we see it with north or reversed. Oh, interesting. So they okay. actually can track that, and over time, we have had the magnetic field flip back and forth. Right, right, right. Um, okay. And it weakens. It can wander. There are variations, and of course, because it's happening, they are right. We have the deepest we've ever gone. I think is still to this day seven miles. Okay. Um, or something like they're like two kilometers, something, something crazy. It's like two kilometers deep. Mm-hmm. Um, we've barely gotten, which is like barely scratching the surface of the earth's crust. Right, um, for sure. Like the earth's crust is on average, I believe 25 kilometers or something. I don't know. Um, I could have researched <clears throat> any of this, but I didn't. <laughs> so we have not gotten very deep. We, everything that we know about the earth's inner structure is from mm-hmm. analyzing sound waves, which is basically yep. what Josh Aaron Eckhart talks about in the first opening sequence. They do a great job. One of the things I love about this movie is how clearly they spell out all of the rules every single time. Down to like the part where, so later on in the movie when they have they realize that the Earth's outer core is actually lighter than they thought. Right, 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 right. Which poses a problem because the it means that the waves of the the shock waves won't will just dissipate instead of like restarting the core. Yeah, because they they're going to detonate. They're going to detonate the detonate. nukes in the in the outer core, hoping to get it. Yeah, yeah hoping, hoping to get, get it spinning again. again. And that would just like be like there'd be no friction, sort of like it sounds like keeping those waves it, reverberating. It, yeah, it, it would just, just like diffuse, just, like dissipate through it. Yeah. yeah, instead of instead of moving more slowly and being more pronounced. Um, and they touch on that early on. They have some. I, I can't remember. I think it's the the, the astronaut, um, the commander even asks Zimsky, like, what Oh, Bruce Greenwood, if- Commander yeah, Bruce, Bruce Greenwood, Green- Iverson. Commander Bruce Greenwood, Greenwood is like, what happens if the inner core, if the core isn't what you think it is? And yeah. Zimsky's like, what if it's made of cheese? Yeah. <laughs> and, which, like, sure, I love that line. But the truth is, is we don't know. We don't 100% yeah. know a lot of things about how the Earth's core works. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically everything that we have is based on how radio waves, or how, how sound we waves and earthquake there. waves travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a great picture on my wall that's like, and we haven't been inside of the Earth, but here's what we know it isn't made of. And it's like pancakes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cheese. Yeah, cheese. We're pretty sure it's not made of cheese. <laughs> So, so yeah, so there's things that we don't know about how the magnetic field works, and those things include almost everything. And so a lot like this, <laughs> you know. That, that, well, then that, I feel like that movie, this movie comes in then with privilege because yeah. within certain re- bounds of reason, you can make most stuff up because we can't fact check it out of existence. I mean, it absolutely, like all of it is basically, like when you read the fact check things, I'm sure if we had Mika back on, it would oh, be right. like, yeah, if we had Mika back on, I'm sure she could give us like a litany of things that are <laughs> inaccurate about this. Um, and when you read articles that are about like how real is the core, the answer is like, so none of this is possible. Okay. But it's because like none of this is possible because no, we can't build a ship that is resistant, that has super powered lasers that is resistant and somehow gets stro- <laughs> gets gets more sturdy and powered better by heat and pressure. Like yeah, the more duress it's put under, the better it performs. Yeah, like that's just not possible. And yeah. no, but we, but we, we do not have, we, can re- we can't restart the earth's core using nukes. Like, 
It's because the premise is so just gonzo insane. None of it's accurate. Like, no, none of the science is real. But beyond that, you're like, well, but within the world. Yes. This all works. And I, I do, I, I want to give a shout out to the excellent character introduction for Hillary Swank, uh, oh, great Tara moment. Astronaut Hillary Swank, where we learn that she is the youngest woman ever in space, or maybe youngest person ever in space. And yeah. she's like jockeying to land, like the, the space, the US space shuttle and Captain Bruce Greenwood's like, all right, fucking rookie, calm down. You've never done this before. And because they don't know what's going on with the wonky earth's core, their trajectory point of entry is wrong. Their coordinates are wrong. The Earth is moving weirdly. No, no, it's not that the Earth is moving weirdly. It's that the, because the Earth's rotation, nothing changes with that. It's that the Earth's, um, it's that the navigation systems are getting all the information wrong. And so all of a sudden, they're like coming in over LA instead of coming in to land in presumably like Texas or Florida. Only two, they said they're 200 miles off. So I think they're probably like like a hundred, hundred two miles. I feel like they're like north of Bakersfield or something. Like, oh, they might have been. They might have been landing out at um the oh GPL at, at, no at Edwards Air Force Base out okay. in Mojave. Okay, so that, there's Edwards Air Force yeah. Base, which you drive by, it's like out past Palmdale. Um, that sounds like so what that they might have been where they were trying for, and instead they are coming into downtown LA. It um, is and flying over fly Dodger over Stadium. Scene, the flyover scene over Dodger Stadium with the U.S. space shuttle is so cool looking. It's so and great. I, well, Sean Green, noted noted Jewish baseball player, Sean Green, <laughs> hitting a baseball so hard it breaks the sound barrier. Yeah. <laughs> And so I like great. I was if I was a if I was a fan in the stadium I'd be like oh that's cool because like you get the jet flyer sometimes I'd be like oh yeah. they, the fucking space shuttle's flying already what a neat thing I wouldn't assume something had gone out of control no but, absolutely not we get the great moment when this happens which is essential to a disaster movie when the crew's going to come together which is establishing the extraordinary credentials yeah. of the people involved so. Hillary Swank like out computers the computers at at ground control and determines like a new landing trajectory and the freeways are too busy because of course it's gridlock on the 10 you know yeah it's the parking lot out there so she determines like well fuck how about the LA River let's land in the LA River well there are a lot of there are a lot of bridges in the LA River which you might recognize from like you know Terminator 2 and like Greece um that like large s- concrete dip that has a stream in the center of it that we call the LA river and they are going to land this. They are going to land the space shuttle there. And of course they do it. And of course it is like inches from taking out a scaffolding where like welders are working and one guy almost gets hit, but doesn't realize till the last second that the U S fucking space shuttles right there. So then we've established, okay, we've got a pilot right here and we find out Hillary Swank's going to be our navigator. And then we also get the great introduction too of our hacker specialist, Rat, played by the wonderful DJ Qualls, who has been doing his DJ Qualls thing for years and is just unimpeachable in that capacity. And he, we have a very kind of Matrix moment of the authorities showing up at the door to like the r- ragged ass hacker den where there's like 40 computers. He immediately starts deleting all of his shit microwaving things, running magnets over his computers. And he thinks he's finally getting rung up for like, you know, hacking into the government. But they pick him up and they're like, well, we're going to need you to come in because we've got this big fucking mission and we need you to control the internet for us. Yeah, we need he needs to, to quote, stop hack information. The, yes. Hack the planet. Hack the it. planet. And as he, I think he also says, you can't control the net. 
Yeah. And they're- <laughs> So what's so wonderful about everything involving Rat's character is it's such a like 1996 understanding of hackers. Yeah. Like it could just as easily have been the scene, the scenes from Jurassic Park where Lexi's talking about being a hacker in yeah. terms of like yeah. understanding Unix of the internet. System. I know this. I know this. <laughs> yeah, and and Rat is Rat's two requirements are that he demands an unlimited supply of hot pockets yeah i forget and xena on vhs yeah which like as 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 so i rewatched this i've watched this twice this week um (laughs) because why not the first time i watched it i was like showing it to my boyfriend i was like you have to watch this film this is an important thing in our relationship is that you need to watch this film and as soon as he said that about the the xena he's like why couldn't he just download all of xena which is a very good point. Reality I index. I mean, wise, how could we? How like were were we able? Like this is two thousand and two, three. Two thousand. It came out two thousand three. So yes, by then you could absolutely have. You could have absolutely have done that. Like this came out on like DVDs started to exist. You could have absolutely downloaded on like what was it Napster or one Lime, of the LimeWire. LimeWire, yeah. You could definitely have downloaded all of it. There's no way in which, if anybody was going to be able to do that, I fully believe that Rat in this world would be able to do that. He would have access to the like archives of Xena. So that was the one thing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not in the maybe it's not in the quality that Rat wants. That, okay. That he, he, yes. Maybe he wanted the masters. The high. Yeah. The, what would have counted <laughs> as high def for that time. Yeah. He wants the originals. He wants the tape straight from the network. But he, he did not specify that. And that's, again, that's just one of the, one of the rare moments. I'm like, not within that world. Like, yeah, Rat would want an unlimited supply of Hot Pockets, fine. But he would already have Xena. He would already, he would have, like, demanded Lucy Lawless actually sit there with him. Right, like, yeah, that that's the. That's true. Rat, Rat yeah. would have dreamed Rat that owns, big at that moment. Yeah, Rat, Rat could have aimed higher and Rat had more potential. Um, <laughs> but he I, does, however, he does have a hack. He hacks uh, Josh Aaron Eckhart's Nokia phone to have unlimited long distance calling for the life of that phone. Using a, a great, gum wrapper. Using and, a gum and, wrapper and, 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 and whistling a specific pitch into the yeah. phone. But I was at, it's a great moment because now we're living in 2020 where our phones last approximately 10 months. Yeah. I was like, sure. He's gonna have unlimited. Why he? I imagine Josh still carrying around that old Nokia because he's yeah, like, could "This is my long Nokia? distance." Yeah, specifically for your long distance calls, yeah. just keep it in the drawer. Yeah, that's why he still has it for that and Snake. Yes, yeah, Snake. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Um, so what you know, once we have our once we have our team, which is going to include the former like science and business associate of Zimke, which is Stanley Tucci, and is a man named Braz and Braz. Uh, Brad has so been, wonderful. yeah, he is, this is Lindo Delroy, this is Delroy Lindo, and he, um, he has been out in the desert since being fucked over, seemingly by Zimke, who did not include him in any of the patents that he got based on, like, the work that they, they did together as science geniuses, and he has been working on a laser, what, what is this, what is the laser made of? I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter but like it doesn't matter like i don't care that the unobtainium the laser none of it matters it's all magic and okay, that's no. what's great like sure. the entire okay. thesis, but okay. if but if but if we're working within the world we should know this was of the world so it's an ultrasonic okay. laser yes. and what he has done is he is just casual without the intervention of the government stopping him for doing really dangerous shit built an ultrasonic giant laser that can basically just vibrate rock to death yeah and it can bore i mean he bores a hole through a mountainside that's like 20 feet wide in a couple and apparently seconds. Yeah, and has apparently done tests on this, and no one has been like, "Why is this dude just evaporating rock?" Yeah, no, no, nobody has monitored this enough to stop him, and he has created this ultrasonic laser, and he has also also created what will be the the hull, be the external casing of the ship that's going to dive into the core of the Earth, which is unobtainium. Yes. And unobtainium is a combination of tungsten and titanium that, as Amanda pointed out earlier has the real nifty benefit of it takes pressure and heat and transfer transfers that to energy. Therefore, it basically only gets better as you stress test it more and more, which is going to be super fucking stressful, sending it into the middle of the earth. Yeah. So they're like, okay, dude, uh, how long till you get this done? And he's like, uh, 10, 10, 12 years. And they were, they were like, how about Richard Jenkins? It's like, okay, how about three months? What what would that take? And he like laughingly says fifteen billion dollars, which honestly does not seems sound like so that low. Money. No, that that's like a fraction. Not look in a movie to where invent able and optimize a brand new fucking technology and build yeah. it for fifteen billion. Come on. In a world where <laughs> the military flies Josh and Serge, Josh from Chicago to DC, Serge who knows from where. Yeah. Just to walk into a giant storage room filled with 32 bodies that <laughs> yeah. they have also transported from Boston to D.C., a room full of 32 bodies for five minutes to look at them and answer what they think it, what they think caused it and yeah. then send them back home again. Yeah. When we're operating with that military budget, $15 billion is nothing. Like, no. I, it honestly, not for like the American the military industrial complex apparatus. Yeah. $15 billion. That's not even one is like. That's like, is that a fleet of jets? Like, what is, yeah. I'm going to find out what an aircraft carrier costs, just to see. Because that seemed paltry for what they were asking. I just think he could have, I, I, I respected that Braz was clearly not planning on embezzling at all. Because he was not going to skim off, if, that is, if his fund is $15 million, he was not planning on skimming anything. And every. <laughs> And I, this is the first time I watched it with close captioning. The unit I cost, thought he said 50, unit cost of, of the Gerald Ford class aircraft carrier is $12.9 billion for something okay. we fucking know how to make out for of material that, we know how to make that, that actually sits on the exists. And that sits on the Earth's surface under absolutely <laughs> no bad conditions. <laughs> Like, yeah. we know how to build a boat at this point. <laughs> yeah. And we know the conditions a boat is going to endure. Yes. This is, I mean, the entire, it's in, it, $15 was, I don't know. Like, they're making, like you said, no no science need apply here. But they could have at least been like, I don't know, $100 billion and been like, yeah. done. That would have yeah. been impressive because like. That would have been impressive because they're obviously involving the rest of the world, too. So you have to like you see like generals from different countries kind of coming yeah. in. They're keeping the secret from the public. It's like, OK, if this is a global initiative, that we means can all chip are, in more than 15 yeah, billion. Yeah. Countries are putting in what the what what is required to get this done. So say a trillion fucking dollars at this yeah. point. 
And like, that's what's, what's so funny is that it is supposed to be like Braz being like, oh, I don't know, 15 billion, <laughs> like it's some insane number. And even in 2002, like that wouldn't have been that insane. Like, doesn't Dr. Evil, isn't the whole joke that like he's supposed to ask for a billion dollars, not a million? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he ends up with 11 billion, which is right. still less than what we're talking about now. Yeah, but even like a billion dollars is supposed to be like an insane, like not even an insane number, but just like, dude, ask your worth. Yeah. 15 billion <laughs> is probably one of the least believable parts of this movie. Yeah. Is that they can build this for 15 billion in three months, that it can come in on time and under budget. Yeah, it really seemed to cut like it there the there were no hitches really. The only hitches in the progress of putting this together is the team building chemistry with one another. Yeah. And of course we get like the great scene where they're like in a simulation and everybody's yelling at each other because and Serge is just laughing. Which yes. I love. Serge, Serge is just like, it's a catastrophe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he just starts laughing and says, we're all going to die. <laughs> it's such a wonderful Frenchman moment. It, it's, 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 it's an excellent, like there's, there's for how quickly the team is forced to come together. Cause I feel like a lot of it, when we have Armageddon, we have like there. You have Harry getting his drill team together. These people yeah. know each other. For how quickly this team comes together, I felt like the bond of attachment to them, not just as individuals but as a unit, so quickly, and that is just such a testament to the performances in the court. Oh yeah, it's 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 done so well and so efficiently, and I think it's partly because it's something smart that they did, which is each two characters know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they're, they're, well, yeah, You have sets pairing. of two, so everyone kind of has their person who you feel a bond with because That's of a, a bond point. they have with someone else. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that, like, you have Bruce Greenwood with Beck, with with Hilary Swank, who has, like, a real mentorship situation. Yeah. You've got the animosity between Braz and Zimke. Um, I mean, they know, they also, um, Serge and Josh know of him because, like, he is a leading specialist in his field. Mm-hmm. So they kind of go in knowing him. Question yeah. suddenly. So when we get our great exposition in the Pentagon where um, Josh is taking the lead and it's it was very believable in a character sense that while he's describing fundamental geology, like oh, this yeah. is the mantle, this is the crust, Stanley Tucci's like nodding approvingly. It's like, I don't think he needs your approval on this part. Zimke, like, I think he's got, like, the general description of how the Earth is put together nailed but down. But Zimke being like, you do, you can start, and I'll help with the hard parts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, buddy. In that, okay, in that, he says the core of the Earth, he says it is the size of Mars. Mars is bigger than that, right? Oh, no, Mars is really small. I thought Mars was closer to comparable to Earth size than that. Um, wow, I've no, been living Venus, a lot. Venus and Earth are comparable in sizes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but clarify Mars Earth comparison. Okay, then this then this is probably just me. I didn't look it no, up. No, no, no. I might be no. wrong, but um, no, but yeah, it, no. The the I'm just gonna do. Oh shit! I'm just gonna do this. Amanda's gonna so, show something you can't see, so I will okay. put it on the Twitter. You could you but could yeah. put a couple Marses in Earth. It looks like. Yeah. That does, yeah, The in the Earth's core, mantle is, is thick, but when he talks about the core being roughly that size, yeah, that tracks. Okay, 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 yeah. got it. Well, and that is, uh, we, we get, you know, Aaron gives us the great example. He, like, halves a peach, mm-hmm. and he's like, this is how the Earth is put together. And then to demonstrate what's going to happen when the, the magnetic field 
dissipates and the sun scorches us into oblivion. Uh, I don't remember what he puts the peach on, but then they take he it. He puts it just on a skewer. Yeah. No, there's just there's a, a skewer. skewer sitting in the fucking fruit buffet table for the Pentagon war room coming together. Well, I'm and assuming they, they have a chocolate fountain, so they need to have <laughs> the skewers for the chocolate fountain. <clears throat> And and then they take in like a can of aerosol air freshener and a lighter and scorch the thing into nothingness. And yeah. so Which is again a great, like an unnecessary but wonderful sequence because I don't know that that group of generals needed that visual. Like that visual doesn't tell us a whole lot about what's gonna happen. Uh-huh. Um, but it's burning setting a peach on fire while saying any questions, feel free to throw up is really <laughs> Yeah, f- yeah, feel free to throw up. I know I did. Yeah. I I love the reaction of Richard Jenkins when he learns about what's happening because like he's informed like the core of the earth has stopped spinning and just I don't know why I found it so amusing that Richard Jenkins answer is how could this have happened it's like is that the phrasing we're gonna go with like how could this have happened like that's what you say about like overcooking the roast not like not like how in the fuck is that possible how could this have happened like, well, on our watch, it's like, yeah, that's your score, man. It's a pretty big fucking system, I guess. That's the question that gets asked when you know who broke the thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's you know the question the that when, when your mom comes in and says, like, my vase is broken. And yeah. you're like, oh, how could this have happened? <laughs> what? That would be what surely no one was playing ball in the room. You told them not to play ball in like that's that reaction because he says, how could this have happened? And then he shoots Stanley Tucci a look. Yes. Because yes. in truth, they both know how this happened, which is that. And another bit of science that makes no sense. Um, the U S has developed its own prod, like its own weapon system called project destiny, which is um, an acronym for deep earth seismic something. Deep I don't know. It creates. Trigger Initiative, D-E-S-T-I-N-I, Destiny. Yes. And so Destiny is basically, they want, they create a weapon that can create focused, localized earthquakes. So you could, like, create an earthquake underneath your enemy's military base. And And in response to, of course, them having, you know, what they said. Another country. Yes. Another country developed this. And so Tucci's character, as he will explain in in a big reveal later, once they're bored inside the earth that he built it like better at like newer and better. So, and it was, and it, you know, adhering to the principles of mutually assured destruction. And I don't remember who says it. Is it rat? Does a rat say it? Or is it someone on the ship who says like, you killed the planet. So, so you killed the planet, which is one of the people on the ship. A great, a great thing to say. So you killed the planet. No rats analysis of it is to send a coded message that says destiny sounds bad. How can I help? How can I help? Which I appreciated that that was he, his, he his analysis of it. He's at he's at ground control yeah, with with team, Alfie Woodard monitoring monitoring the internet from he which like control. their their way of doing that is basically like he creates a program that essentially wipes out any sort of like certain keywords, which means that that dude just decimated a lot of people's research papers. <laughs> yeah. because like people were research on electromagnetism and other yeah. shit like. It would actually be more suspect if all those papers just went missing suddenly <laughs> from Everything the, the, the internet. The mantle of the earth just evaporates. Yeah. Like, what are those keywords, rat? Birds, <laughs> birds gone wild. Like, what, what are we dealing with here? Um, Did you optimize that, rat? Yeah. 
so so rat rat decimated like a lot of people's thesis papers there's an entire generation of phd of doctoral students who just like can't graduate now um but yeah zimsky zimsky's just like um side eye look back at richard jenkins yeah and they and but they do then of course he's like we don't have to it's one of the few movies where the military plan b isn't to use nukes it's true Normally their plan B is like, well, if this doesn't work, we'll have to nuke it. And in this case, it's like, if the nukes don't work, we'll have to use the thing that broke the earth to break it again. Right. Yeah. Um, And Zimsky's analogy. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Zimsky's analogy is the insane. Well, it's sort of like, you know, shocking a heart back to life when you're, you know, when you're trying to save somebody. If electricity can stop a heart, it can start a heart again. Yeah. But, you know, this is the earth's core and not a heart <laughs> which Aaron when Aaron Eckhart learns because very few people know what destiny is this is like yeah. eyes on and Richard Jenkins we've already seen a small confrontation at the earlier in the movie where he has gone to Zimki and Zimki's been like I should be taking the lead on this I'm the preeminent and Jenkins is like you know what dude fuck you we might be in this position because you you went rogue on destiny you took it too far and then we're like ooh, we're gonna find out more about destiny later on so then we finally do Aaron Eckhart's like that's fucking stupid if you fire up destiny it's going to trigger volcanic eruptions all over the earth we're definitely going to die down here it's going to like force like the core will be damaged beyond repair and it's never going to start again you're going to permanently derail it and they're like well we've got to do it we've got to do it because of course the only other option after that plan c would be all right we use the nukes we have to detonate a series of explosions that will cause ripples instigating the continued churn of the core because it will follow in the path of the waves created by the explosions. But that would, of course, mean them dying, which narcissistic Zimki, narcissistic Zimski, Zimski uh, is like, I don't want to die down here. And it's like, well, (laughs) you bought the seven billion, you asshole. So fortunately, he gets punched out by by rats. That that entire meltdown is in t- is basically just Zimsky having a nicotine fit. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he carries that moment. He does not he, smoke the entire movie until he finally does. Yeah, he because he's 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 a chain smoker above the earth, and then like he's very clearly he just has his like his unsmoked cigarettes. He can't smoke in the tube in Virgil, <laughs> which is the name of the ship is Virgil, and yeah, he just very clearly has a nicotine fit, loses <laughs> his mind. Raz punches him out, and then when he comes to, he's like, I can tell you guys how we can fix this, but I'm going to need us to have a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) When he smokes and he calms down, and it's like, that is probably the best argument for smoking I've seen. Um, I gotta say, like, one of the things, and it's not just Stanley Tucci, this is the character himself, he's the only character who has an arc. It is true. He's the only character who truly has an arc. There's a like, minor there's grows. a minor arc for Hillary Swank because she yeah. grows into the leadership role yeah. and has to make the hard choices that Bruce Greenwood's character sort of like shuts her down for. He's like, you know what? You're not ready to lead because you haven't lost ever before because you're too fucking good and you have to have taken an L to be a leader because you have to know how to make the hard choices, which she finally has to do. But other yeah. than that, you're right. Everybody enters as a sort of like pure form of like you know everybody on that ship basically besides Zimsky is prepared to self-sacrifice as soon as they get there yeah they're all who they they, they go into the earth ex- almost exactly the same as they either die or emerge from it like Josh does <laughs> they, the earth. they go into the earth <laughs> they go into the earth <laughs> they go into the earth that's what they're doing <laughs> it is it's crazy it's so great it's I love that like 
the second half of the movie is basically marked from like each each beat of that film from the minute that they go into the earth is marked by like which character's going to die next. Yes. Narratively, each character's death is just like how you can divide up that movie. And you know, I got whose death do you think is the most like Oh. The most brutal. I gotta think it's Serge's is like probably the worst. Serge is so bad because like, like being crushed to death seems like the worst way to go. And it he he also like he's so he so readily sacrifices himself. So yeah. the the ship is like things are going mostly pretty well at this point. Um, Bruce the ship, has died. The ship works like gangbusters. Like the there is at no point does the integrity of the ship and like Lynn and, and Braz's design actually a problem. Like there are the unforeseen realities of the core of the earth, like running into a giant fucking diamond shard that carves a hole in the weapons compartment. And so what happens with the ship is if one compartment is compromised, that degrades obviously the integrity of the entire hull. So an in procedure immediately initiates where it drops compartments that have been compromised. So they're going through a giant, like, continent-sized diamond minefield in the mantle of the Earth, and it slices one of those compartments while they're doing, like, calibrations on the nuclear warheads in inside of it, and they've got to shut down. Everybody's got to get out of the weapons compartment, but, but Serge realizes, like, fuck, we need the nukes, and we need my notes. So he goes in to rescue the nukes and gets them out, but he cannot get out before the door closes, and he very, like... There's so much dignity in the way he looks at Aaron Eckhart and he's like, go, Josh, just just go. And he's given this whole speech about how he, it's too big of an idea to try and save the world. So he's just there to save his, his family, his wife and two kids. It's just yeah, about it's three people. He, he, doesn't, he can't think about saving can't. seven billion. He only thinks about saving three. And you're just like, and he's so he's been so funny and he's so warm. And Checky Cario is just so great and charismatic. And then he is the first... He self-sacrifices, but then like you're you're sad because he's had the self-sacrifice thing. But then there's the prolonged sequence after of that. Watching him die. Yeah, where you're watching oh. the room get smaller and smaller over a security camera while Aaron Eckhart is crying out, like, let me in, you've gotta override the doors, Beck, you've gotta override yeah. the doors. And, and Raz is like sort of thinking about cutting the wire so that he can override, but he also knows that if he does it, he's gonna kill everybody. And oh she and, and Beck is first. Beck is forced into that character defining moment. She finally, because Bruce Greenwood has died, um, she has to be the one to make the choice. She's going to open the doors, and very correctly, Zimsky is like, "Don't do it." And yeah. she takes her hand away from the override button because she knows the ca the cabin's the little little cold's got to go. The weapons compartment's got to go. And so you're watching as Aaron Eckhart is screaming, and Braz is weeping over the over, over the manual override panel. And you're watching Serge be like, "I'm scared. I'm scared, Josh." And it's like, no, and like. As as like just stuff gets kind of pushed in on him, oh, and then we yeah. watch his just like dead eyes at, before the feed cuts. The feed lasts longer on that moment. It's so long. I was just like, how how good is this Wi-Fi that they've got going in? I mean, because <laughs> I mean. at that point, the thing has been dislodged. It's no longer attached, and it's just he's just still relaying a message of how afraid he is as the walls close in on him. And then we have to watch, and Aaron Eckhart is sobbing and sobbing in it in your and like we we should touch on the the very cool circumstance, unfortunately, under which Bruce Greenwood dies is oh yeah a thing that they did not compensate for, which 
seems fair. A thing they did not compensate for with Virgil, which is basically a giant caterpillar ship with a, an ultrasonic laser attached to the front that vaporizes rock in front of its path. And that never doesn't work. That's great. That tech yeah. is wonderful. What they don't compensate for is if, that they might encounter empty space. Yeah, so, there's just no world in which you would assume there's empty space like that. In, yeah. Which, like, I mean, there... Yeah, there, you would assume that any empty space is filled with, because, like, the mantle is fluid. So you would assume yeah, yeah, that, yeah. like, any empty space is going to have fluid in it, and that empty space doesn't exist because of pressure. Yeah, um, because pressure. Yeah, but instead, but, they find yes. a geode. Yes, and this I this I would love to see. I would love to see not a remake of the core. I would love to see... Everything in the ship is the same, but I would love to see like the core remastered with our <laughs> VFX today, creating the images oh, of, yeah. of the inside of the Earth because it looks like we're we look like we're in an old like a like a first run Resident Evil game level quality of like it, it like melted rock and maybe diamonds. Like I yeah. want to see 2020 VFX make diamonds colliding with each other the size of fucking states. And just like I want to see that amazing image, and so what happens with this, with Virgil is it punches through a hole, it punches a hole into a giant cavern and fucking crashes, and they're inside this pocket, which is they determine first Stanley Tucci's character is like it's like a Grand Canyon of crystals, yes. and Aaron Eckhart's character is like it's a geode, and there he calls it a jumbo, he calls it a gem bubble, yes. seven hundred miles below the surface of the Earth. In with case, a cobalt shell. In, with a cobalt shell. So a cobalt cocoon is protecting this huge fucking geode that they have crash landed inside of. Well, guess what they fucking did when they crashed through that cobalt shell? They opened a goddamn hole, which will then be filled with fucking magma. Yeah. So and the shell will be, means the gem canyon is going to start crashing down on them with the giant shards of crystal that are surrounding them it's yeah and it's and 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 they almost so they have to they can't get the ship moving because the laser impeller has been stopped by a giant like crystal a huge being fucking amethyst spear. Crystal, yeah a giant <laughs> spear has wedged itself in like it's in the in the eye of the of the cyclops basically yes, yes. and so they've got to cut through it but then they're having a problem with the oxygen um, to the, going to the to the saw, and Josh has a does his his Josh thing where he just yeah. like quietly unplugs his own oxygen, plugs it into the thing. It's and very it's unfussy. Like, it's very unfussy. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I've got oxygen. I could yeah. die. And then instead of like walking back, he's just like, cool. I'm going to stand here and watch this shit go down now. And so Josh starts. Well, he has to connect out. it to the oxygen pack on his suit, so he's tethered. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, yeah, he's tethered sense. to it. Yeah, to the. Oh, to I didn't like, think about that. I didn't yeah. think about that. I was always, I've always been like, why doesn't he go back? But no, he's just like hanging out, and uh, Bruce <laughs> and Serge is like, something's wrong with Josh. I'm gonna go out and check. And they have these suits that they can walk. Like they're just like, well, this holds up with the heat and the pressure. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they have suits that they can spacewalk in the earth or yeah. terra walk. They can I guess. Terra not walk. Terra not walk. <laughs> so Serge goes out and is like, something's wrong with Josh. Bruce Greenwood's out there, and they manage to free the the ship, save Josh, but then Bruce Greenwood gives an amazing like arms in the air, yeah! When they, yeah. they get the he needs to make sure that the that the thingy is working, so he's like just fire it up a little, and then we'll see. And uh, then just as they're all celebrating, 
a shard just comes down and a just tight, a small shard, just like a yeah. pebble, but at that velocity, just right through the helmet of his suit into his fucking head. Yeah. And then he and then he majestically falls into the lava. Yeah. He has oh, his like Terminator two moment with the thumbs up almost. Exactly. And and but the the magma is a crisis, but it's also the thing that's going to get them going again because they need they need surface around them to get the Virgil moving. So they basically just, as Bruce Greenwood says, looks like we're just going to swim right out of here. So after he dies, they do indeed swim right out of there. And this was this is interesting to me when they okay. So when they first they they penetrate the crust through the Mariana Trench, they go down there. It's the the crust is thinner there, so that's going to be their entry point. Mm-hmm. They when the Virgil enters. The hole immediately closes behind them. Yes. Do we know why it does that? I would, or just we should just. Let I that mean, go. like what I always just kind of hand waved it away was like, well, the temperature gets hotter, which melts it, and okay. then closes behind them because it cools. Okay. Okay. And that was like my mental hand waving of like that's why that works that way. Okay. Works because none me. of it really makes sense. Yeah. Like got it. the very premise of it is like, well, this is why. Um, <laughs> gestures broadly yeah it, there's a moment when 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 they're in that scene where josh is like telling the ch- joint chiefs of staff about what's happening yeah 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 and josh is like we'd have to restart it and there's no way and zimsky's like yes but what if we could and he's like no but there's no way yeah. and stanley just tucci and zimsky just says yes but what if we could? And that's like the, <laughs> the mega fault moment. The fucking mega fault moment of, but why? But why? But why? What if we, yes, but what if we could is the premise of this entire movie. And so it's just like, why does that hole close up behind them? Yes. Yeah. What if we could? But what if we could? Okay. What I, if we could? I, I, yeah. Exactly. So that's, that is my, I, I always kind of figured it had to do with like the, the temperature of it relative to, because like certain things melt different temperatures. And so I was like, sure, why not? I'll but right, right. Fair. Um, um, so then, yeah. so we've lost Iverson, Bruce Greenwood. We've yeah. lost Serge, Chucky Cario, yeah. and so I mean, this is a homing along mission. This isn't one of those. This is this is. It takes like we're on like a two day timeline here. So we're yeah. screaming toward the core of the Earth, and when they penetrate the inner core, the outer core, that's when we realize there's the problem that we mentioned earlier. Like, oh shit, this isn't as dense as it need as we thought it was, and they identify immediately. Fuck. Yeah. The explosions we brought a thousand kilotons of nuke with us and that's and not, still not enough. enough. Yeah. And so what they devise is after after Zimsky's nicotine fit and he comes back into consciousness, what they determine is that is is the solution we talked about earlier. They are going to strategically like they're gonna swim around through the in like the the outer core basically. Yeah. Strategically drop, as they say, like they're going to drop Nuke, nuclear the nuclear warheads like at the exact right location and then it, not like if they're millimeters off it will go wrong and th- if they detonate them like milliseconds off timing this will not work because yeah. they're trying to create like a chain reaction ripple effect instead of one isolated explosion that will allow the core to start moving again because the explosive momentum will just be so be so, so- this is they're actually using a principle that was covered very briefly by Mika in our San Andreas episode. Ah. When she was talking about the bathtub um harmonics. Is this a sesh? Yes, sort of similar to a sesh. So basically yes. waves there's a, a, a basic principle in physics. Um and again, I'm probably getting parts of this wrong because physics is my least favorite class, but well, chemistry I, was my least I favorite can't class. Blame you. Physics was second least favorite. Chemistry was number one. Chemistry sucks. Um <laughs> 
fuck chemistry. Physics, waves can either add or subtract from each other. So basically, like, if you have two waves and the high point and the low point cross over each other, it'll kind of neutralize each other. But if you have two peaks Mm -hmm. of waves that kind of line up together going in the same direction, they basically will double their height. Okay. So what's happening with this is the principle is that they're Mm -hmm. going to use the wave created from one nuke. And then as that wave's high point hits where the next nuke is going off, Mm -hmm. it's going to build on Gotcha. And so they're just going to keep on amplifying and magnifying those waves as it goes around. And that will essentially mimic and and alter it enough to do that. So that's, and that's why, and so that's Zimsky's solution, which is, you know, sure. Yes. Let's go with it. And everybody, yes, everybody's very convicted. So we buy it. And but as the as the brain of the Braz, as as the brain of Virgil, as the the architect behind it, Braz is like the problem is I didn't design this ship to be self fucking sabotaging. So these compartments aren't going to separate from one another unless we do it manually, and they need the compartments to separate because they can't just drop some fucking warheads into the in- core of the Earth and yeah. expect them to hold up. They're going to collapse. They're going to melt. It's going to be bad. So they realize that they have to put them basically in each compartment of the Virgil, drop those compartments that'll act as a, as a protective container until they detonate. Well, that means someone's got to go into the belly of the ship where it is 9,000 fucking degrees inside and manually basically uncouple the, the, the segments of the ship. They have to manually override that order that says like only in a crisis, are we going to decouple here? So, you know, in another fucking make me cry scene, uh, fucking Braz, they're going to draw straws. It's Braz and Zimsky and Josh, and he's got the straws in his hand. And at this point, everybody's kind of on the same page and Zimsky's sort of, Zimsky's come around. Like he's, he's found his humanity. And so they draw the straws and Braz is like, well, looks like it's me. I'll get ready to go. And he's like, wait a minute, Braz, Zimsky. And he realizes that he rigged the straws. They're all like, he was inevitably, Braz was inevitably going to pull the, pull the short straw. So he's like, you rigged this. Like, I'm not going to let you make a fool of me. We got to do it again. And then just like in the moment that had me in tears. Yeah. Braz is like, this is my life. I have spent 20 years with this ship. It has been everything to bring it to life. And if it needs more blood to survive, it's going to be my blood. And I'm fucking crying because yep. Delphi Lindo is also an incredible actor. And he's just, he's ready. He knew from the minute they talked about it that it was him going in. Their suits are only built to withstand, he said, like half of that 9,000. Yeah, like 4,000 degrees Celsius. Like so he's, he's going to melt. He's going to fucking yeah. melt to death. And he goes and they open up the... Oh God! And then I cried again when he's going down into the ship and he's saying and he, the and, and then he sta- and then and then Zimsky like grabs his hand and they have their moment of reconciliation where the two of them bond. Like Zimsky's like, "You're right. It was all you. Like you, all of the ideas were yours. And I should have given you credit." And Braz is just like Braz just has his little moment. Well, because like then, at first they just do his little his little round genius glasses. <laughs> like part of part of what makes I mean Delray Lindo is just fantastic, but part of what makes it so compelling is also that through the whole thing, like everything about Braz is eccentric, lovable genius. He's got oh, yeah. like yeah. that sort of untamed beard. He's got kind of a little bit of a manic energy to him. We're like, he's just so excited to talk yeah, science. He's so excited about this. It's like science, and he, you know, he has like when when we meet him and we're seeing his lab and like. 
there's a bird perched on top of the prototype <laughs> and he's like clapping at the bird to try to get it off. And there's just nothing about him. Everything about him is just he's so pure. He's so, he's such a, a, a good, sweet soul. And then that he's going to, and he's got his little round nerd glasses and that he's well, going to go down. That and, there's, and, they have him and Zimsky have the moment, like they do like the, the dude nod where it's like, yeah. yeah, okay. All, you know, we're all is forgiven kind of situation or we get it. But then it's, he's almost down into the hole and they're going to seal it behind. Like they're going to seal the hatch behind him. And Zimsky's like, he's like, Bratz, Bratz, Edward. I think it's Edward's his name. Yeah. Edward he stops him and he looks up and he's like, you know, I, I wish that this, you know, you built, you built a beautiful ship and I wish that it, I wish, you know, with everything in my heart that it could have been our ship, like that it would have been us together this whole time. And Braz's reaction is to put his face down and just yeah. hold his hand in the air to blindly grab the hand of Zimsky because he can't look him in the eye because it's too emotional and I was emotional and Jordan, it is so it just- effective. For, for anybody who's listening to this right now, Jordan is getting teary-eyed again. I, like, I'm watching her get teary-eyed again. <laughs> it is such a good moment. Like, the Serge dev is the hardest, but that yeah. build-up was so good. It's it's little, when he looks away, and just puts his he hand up. puts his hand up. It's a great, it's a great moment, and it, it, it humanizes Zimsky, which matters, because then we need to care, because it, like, gives us caring about Zimsky in case you haven't forgiven him at that point. Like, this yeah. is the moment that you do carry... You're like, right. okay, fine. Now I now I can root Braz, for Zimsky. It's good enough for us. Yeah. And of then course we he, have to watch yeah. Braz just like as his feet are melting to the floor, shuffle while the while the, the wrench melts in his hand and oh, his yeah. glasses. Like, he's brought an it's, implement with him to turn the gear to like free the, the locks on the compartments. As soon as he gets into this this boiler, it just yeah, starts melting in his hand. He has to drop it on the ground. It instantly melts. It's like, yeah. oh, well, so much for that. And it's, and it's his, and his John Carroll Lynch moment. His melt it is. It is his John Carroll Lynch moment. You're John right. Carroll Lynch and volcano moment where he basically throws himself into lava. And he gets, yeah. Yeah, he turns the gear and then they're, you know, Beck is like, we can still get you out. And she goes to like hit the override. And then, you know, Aaron Eckhart, Josh grabs her hand. And it's like, no, he's gone. And so then no, we- No, 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 no. That's not that. It's that he, she, she, it's not that. It's that she, he's like, She's like, we can still get you out. And Braz is like, no, you can't fire up the impeller. And he's in the impeller. He's in the impeller too. So that's what, so if they fire up the impeller, he will be like instantly vaporized. Which is a mercy at that point. Yeah. And Beth (laughs) is about to do it. And Josh is like, no, let me take this one. And so he's the one who has to make the tough. He takes that load off of her. Yes. Because he came down on her like hell when Serge died. Yeah, and he was he called her he he was like you you killed him and she's like actually I killed him twice. I killed yeah. Serge twice. First when I hit the, the diamond and the second time when I didn't hit the override. Like, yeah, I feel terrible. So Josh forgives her and kills Braz on her I, I believe so fully in the command authority of Hillary Swank because to yeah. me her greatest power is she has the most genuine eyes like yeah. the combination of like this the the sound of hillary swank's voice and just the power of her eyes i be- i mean that's the reason she has two oscars annette benning who she has beat both times i'm sure is aware <laughs> of the power of hillary swank they're just like even you put her in a movie that's not an oscar movie and it's much like angelina jolie no matter what she's in you're gonna believe her even if you yeah. don't believe the movie it happens to be that the core is a great movie with a wonderful ensemble cast but 
I'm not going to say the core is a piece of trash. The core is a wonderful experience. But no matter what, like, she takes what is, her character is a pretty thankless role. Like, her character is fairly humorless. She doesn't get to have a lot of fun. She doesn't have to get, but she turns the few moments that she does get, like, when, you know, she turns the few moments where she gets to be a human and makes them worthwhile. Yes. Um, You know, and that's, that is the power of having a Hillary Swank in that. The one (laughs) thing I will say never works for me is her romance with Josh. And I, which is why I am, I, I think this is a good point of believability. I was glad that romance is almost, it's like 99.5% by implication. There's yeah. like, they kiss each other in like the heat of an, oh my God, we fucking did it moment. But yeah. it's at, at the end, when it is just the two of them and they're laying there and they're like, we will, we will elucidate a bit more how they got to this point, but they are feet from rescue basically yeah and they're laying on the like, they're laying on basically like the floor of the sort of ship what's left of it looking at it like looking up into the the ceiling of it and sort of talking i was like please don't i please the first time i saw it I was like please don't kiss please don't kiss and they don't kiss not only do they not kiss but they, they make kiss. no plans to live in the same city after this is over she's like nasa could use a guy like you and he's like so could my grad students at yeah at, or so, so could my freshman students at university of chicago thank like, god there is no yeah, and there's no plans, but there's definitely supposed to be something there. And I, it's like one of, it's so deeply sexless. Yeah, um, the romantic tension in this movie, if it exists at all, is between Serge and Josh. They are they are a wonderful set of companions. Yeah. They are um, a beautiful couple. But but yeah, it, it, that is definitely something that we're supposed to believe exists and it does not exist. But I'm okay <laughs> with that. I'm yeah. okay with it not existing and also with the fact that I can pretty much like hand wave it away. Um, yeah, I'm like waving. Yeah, just uh, like, sure. I, I, I think that the read of it of like Hillary Swank's character as sort of like almost an asexual, like there's no tension, there's nothing. Yeah, the and she's like, a yeah. careerist. Nothing will stand she's a careerist. And so I'm like, yeah, I fully believe that Hillary Swank's character is not gay, is not straight. She just has no preference and that's just what it is. And that's just like, I think a great thing for that character. I do too. I'm, I'm definitely going to fantasy cast it differently. Far too much. And it also would have done that thing where, it also would have done that thing where like, when I watch the Hunger Games, I get really annoyed about like the whole, I mean, it becomes such a huge part of the story with like, is it PETA? Is it Gail? It's like, I don't know. How about save the fucking country first? Like, yeah. why are we talking about PETA and Gail when we're talking about like Pan Am and like countrywide oppression? Like, can we yeah. get over this fucking love story right now? And this is like, hey, we're saving the world. We don't need to have like a flirtation that exists over this 48 hour period to like take us away from like the end game here. There's the stakes are enough. Yeah. And like, we're talking of like I'm crying at Serge dying. I don't need further emotional and like I'm here. You have me. And so our last loss of character, they you know they've they've got their plan. They're gonna put the warheads in each of the compartments of the ship. They're gonna break them up. Well, we get to the very last one, and oh shit, a wave of energy hits the ship. They get jostled. Nuke falls on Josh. He can't get out. Zimsky is like. He's like, get out, go, run. Well, then the ship shifts again and the nuke falls off of Josh and rolls onto Zimsky and like traps his legs. So then Zimsky is like, no, Josh, you gotta go. But yeah. they've also determined in this very last second, like, oh, fuck, actually, we didn't take into account some principle of science. They, they didn't take into account that like something is off using the, um, the, the scanner system that Josh has created for them to be able to look inside the earth. And so they, their positioning is off of things. And so they realize they need to have more power. And the only yes. way they can get more power is if they take 
the plutonium that is powering the ship out and add that basically add this plutonium tube to the last nuke. Yeah, they need to nuclear fuel tubes with the final bomb. Otherwise, this is going to be all for naught. So Zimsky resigns himself. He he stays in the compartment with the nuke and that leaves Josh to go into the core of the ship. Like what's mm-hmm. left of like, you know, the, the hole that, you know, that was driving them. And he pulls out the fuel tubes and we see this look of awareness as the power goes out of the ship on Beck's face where she's yeah. like, all right, so it has to be. And he, you know, this fucking burning hot nuclear fuel cores, Josh pulls them up and like takes them out of the fuel room, wherever, attaches them to a nuke. And so they've got enough power in the nukes. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. They're going to restart the core, probably. They can bet on that. But they have resigned themselves to death, and they're basically just going to float around in the in the outer core until they themselves are vaporized by, like, a nuclear shockwave. Until well, they realize... Also, Zimsky... But first, we, we've left Zimsky. Zimsky is now in this little, like, pod floating um, and he, he gets the <laughs> yes. best Zimsky moment. Zimsky <laughs> is in this little pod floating in the in the outer core, resigned himself to death. And as soon as the thing gets detached, the the the, the irony of course is that as soon as the pod gets detached, the nuke rolls off of his leg. Yeah, yeah. And so he's free. So he's sitting there and he has through this whole thing had his little tape recorder where he's been recording his narration so that he can transcribe it for his book later. Yes, he has, he has um, a two book deal. Yes. And so he's been he's been narrating this whole thing. And so he's sitting in this pod and he's narrating into his little microphone. And then he like realizes how fucking stupid it is because he's about to die. <laughs> and he just laughs and lights up a cigarette and is like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Just and he's like snort laughing. He's yeah. snort laughing. Oh, yes. and meanwhile, while all of plan C is going off. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Destiny, like just as a note, Destiny is about to be launched because they're going with the fail-safe plan. Like, fuck, well, this nuke, this restart the core thing isn't going to work with the nukes, so we're going to have to hit Destiny, and we're going to have to launch, like, a, a seismic g- g- event across the globe. Well, they've, because as we've established, Rat thinks that Destiny sounds bad and he wants to help. He, of course, is able to hack into Destiny, but in the in the process of it, there's an incredible hacking, like, montage where he's trying to figure out how to get into the system of this of this weapon, and he's just so sad and frustrated that it's not working and that his friends might die. That he's just crying while typing. And yeah. DJ's little face has tears running down it. And he looks so frustrated and upset. And he's just wiping the tears away from his eyes while he keeps, like, hacking, doing what hacking Trying, trying, trying to hack type. Oh, to, God. To reroute all, because his plan is that he's going to reroute all of the power that's needed yeah. for Destiny into another location. And, yeah, his little, like, sad face is just really... And he, but he does it because he's fucking, he can hack the planet and he yeah. rewrote all the power from Destiny into Coney Island, which I think would explode Coney Island. It would, it would entirely, that, that, that electrical system is not prepared. Because in order to run Destiny, they basically have to pull power from the entire, everything east of the Rockies is what yeah. they say. And, and when they know, they are affirmed that they have to trigger Destiny because as Plan C is coming together and Destiny Destiny is bearing down on them, well, a hole opens up an electromagnetic field and is unleashing a concentrated, like, beam of microwaved energy into the San Francisco Bay, where it yeah. melts Golden Gate Bridge and scorches half the city out of existence. So that's when General uh, Richard Jenkins is like, well, Destiny it is. Gotta fucking do this. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say, 
this shows I got what how good of a movie this is that what we are focusing on are not the scenes of disaster. We haven't even talked about the fact that Rome is decimated in this movie. <laughs> they get the electric that destroyed Rome. They blow up the Colosseum in a really bad bout of visual effects. Like this came out the same year as 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 was it as Lord of the Rings. Like this is no excuse. <laughs> it is such bad visual effects, and they blow up the Colosseum. They decimate yes. Rome. The Palazzo di Venezia is is fucking eradicated. Yeah, it's just it's fan- like it's a fantastic action sequence of like yeah. destruction. And and it's through from like a high a high energy discharge of the electrical field or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They blow up Rome. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie is Rome. so compelling that when they do cut back up to the Earth's surface for the for the San Francisco set piece, because we've spent so much time down below with yeah. the Pteranauts, you're almost like, I don't need to see this. Like it's a great sequence. They melt the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and I, it's almost like this is extra. I didn't need the sequence. Yeah, you I, need you didn't need to bring me back to this, and because it's so good. And so, fortunately, Rat disables Destiny. Ha ha ha! And they figure out, like Aaron, Aaron Eckhart, and Hillary Swank figure out, like fuck, if we reroute the power and do X Y Z thing, the uh, a, a momentum from the nuclear explosion, something this that the other, can basically propel us out of this disaster. Like holy fucking shit! This yeah. can we can turn this shit back on, and they we realize can... that basically the whole thing because it's it can it, because it converts the the heat and pressure yeah, the ship itself into energy. Virgil the itself. ship itself, Virgil itself, converts heat and energy, heat and pressure into energy, so they can just like use the Earth's heat and pressure yeah. to power it, which really seems like something Brad should have thought of and maybe like optimized. Right. Correct. But, okay, sure. So they pull a bunch <laughs> of really big plugs in and out, which I yeah, really enjoy that, that that's exactly all it took. What happens. Like pulling big plug power plugs in and out and rewiring things by just plugging them in and out of yes, stuff. It totally. And that starts the shit back up again. And it propels them at 400 knots, I think, out yeah. of the explosions are working. The core starts rotating. The ship has power again. They're flinging their fucking selves out of the earth once more. And yeah. then one of my favorite things in this movie happens, like when we realize that they're kind of on course and like you've got Eckhart navigating, you've got Hillary piloting. We just see like at the bottom of the screen, 16 hours later, we just cut to 16 hours yeah. later of smooth sailing by the Virgil and, and HQ sees them. They're like, okay, they found like, a, they found a spot that they're going to penetrate through like near Hawaii in the Pacific ocean. Well, then they lose comms much like the space shuttle did when it was reentering their atmosphere at the beginning of the movie. And you're like, holy shit, they lost comms, but then they came back. So then we lose comms and then the HQ is like, fuck, they're gone. Oh my God. And then we do another amazing four hours later. We just jump 20 hours in a span of moments, basically. And then we see just the great image of the this one little capsule that's left of the Virgil just pop up out of a fissure at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean near Hawaii and basically just shoot out of the ground, land on the surface of the of the ocean. And they're like, well, fuck. We have like we have like the sonic signature of a rock. We have no power. No one knows we're alive. So plan and Aaron Eckhart has the great response of, okay, I'm gonna need a minute with that one. <laughs> but this cute thing that happened at the beginning of the movie the comes cute back. Thing comes in becomes relevant again. The cute thing where when okay, yes, Amanda. Okay, I do want to interrupt because there is an important thing geology wise that I can't hand wave away. Okay. There is no gap in tectonic plates anywhere near Hawaii. 
And then that is what they do say. They they do say there is a mention of like, oh, they found a seam between some tectonic plates that they're shooting. Yeah, they're coming up. They're going to come up between two tectonic plates near Hawaii. And that is actually the (laughs) furthest you can get like on this planet from any gap in two tectonic. That makes sense. No, the Pacific Ocean is one very large plate. Right, right. right, Um, And it's not until you get to the Ring of Fire, like Japan or like down by Fiji. The Hawaii specifically is not between any, it's in the middle of a plate. And the reason there's a volcano there is because there is an upwelling of magma. And so it's just like weird fluke thing. But no, that is like a, the only moment of science. Where I'm like, I can't hand wave that away because that is a thing. Easily just put it somewhere else too. It, like it they didn't have any, so they could have been, it could have been any number of places, but between two, it was like, just look at a map. Yeah, that's the thing is that this is the only thing where, like, science-wise, where you can't be like, well, we don't really know though, so I guess it works. It's like, no, (laughs) there's a very famous map of the ocean floor that is all you have to look at, and then you're done. So yes, that's the (laughs) only thing in this entire movie that, like, it's just every single time I have to like take a second to just remember that this is the best movie ever created. Right. In spite of that. Yes. So, um, yes. so there is a very cute thing that happened in the beat earlier when they yeah. went down. Well, yeah. When they're, when they're about ready to pierce the, the, the earth, the, the ocean floor, these yeah. whales start circling around them because they're giving off an ultrasonic signature that is basically singing to the whales. They're, they're, they're whale calling and the whales sing back. So what they, what we realize they determine when there's like a fleet of, of, of American Navy ships out over Hawaii, cause they have a general sense of where they would have come up through the surface, come up through the, the ocean floor again we start, they hear like, oh, what is, we're getting a sound, you know, we're getting a sound and they play it through like the PA and it's, it's whale calls. And they're like, oh, it's just whales. We better go. And then DJ Qualls, then rats, somehow he remembers because, you know, they're all geniuses. He's like, it's the whales. It's the whales. whales. When he's running across the aircraft carrier yelling, it's whales. It's whales. It's whales. Just this stringy body flapping around. And they have used the ultrasonic call from the ultrasonic frequency from the ship to call the whales. So the whales are swarming and singing back, which leads the Navy to them because thank God for rat. And they pull up the the rest of the ship which is where we see thank god Aaron Eckhart and Hillary Swank not make out but on their way up they're like it's a shame that no one's ever going to know these guys like died these these people are heroes that they saved the world yeah. and then the and Aaron Eckhart's like well unless somebody told them and like Hillary Swank just like knowingly looks at him and she's like that would be like unconscionable we couldn't possibly do that, that, that it's top secret no one can know cut to rat at the Cyber Cafe in Venice, California. What a great little, like, moment of a time capsule of 2002. Oh, yeah. Like, a Cyber Cafe. Cut to the Cyber Cafe where Rat wearing takes over the hat. internet. Yes, wearing a bucket hat, Rat takes over the internet and launches out into the world. He hacks the planet once again, sends the signal out, and then everybody finds out about the Virgil mission. But, okay, so... Up- yes. We'll, we'll say on this one, so what he does is... He sends it out, and keep in mind, this is releasing top secret information, and he does it on the Rat Network. On the Rat Network, yes. network. So real, real low key. But then, as any true hacker, he releases it as a dot doc format. Yes, yes. Unsung <laughs> dot heroes <laughs> dot doc. Dot heroes doc. dot doc. Yes, all ha- all elite hackers using Microsoft <laughs> Word. I just I like that that moment is such a great. It's like yeah, that's the best you guys had and i appreciate that but yes and so the 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 sacrifice is not in vain yes thanks to unsung underscore heroes dot doc yes 
And then that brings us to what is this movie really about Amanda? I still don't, I, I think it's, I think it's, I, I don't know. I don't have one. I don't have a, a subtext to this because I so thoroughly like love this movie for what it right. is about. That's like fair. And I almost don't have a, a subtext to it. Uh, my, I, I, I mean, mine my, my is, is about the power of friendship. Yeah. It's okay. That, that's good. Yep. It is about the power of friendship. That's it, true. That, that's what this, that's what this movie is to me. It's the power of friendship as, as Mika would, would emphasize, I feel like the power of community and coming together yeah. and fuck. Just, yeah, like, look at these friends. Look what they, they became, they became a family water under the earth and they saved us all. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah. like you said, it's just, it's so joyful for what it is. I just accept it. I accept it for what it is. Yeah, that's, like, I, there, this is not a movie that has a second layer and I, which is ironic <laughs> given that it's about the layers of the earth, but there is no, there is no deeper, there is no outer core to this movie. This this movie there's, just there's no cobalt shell here. No, this is just this is just an amethyst gemstone yes, canyon. Yes. This movie is just a geode, and we get to live inside of it. It is a crystal yeah. geode. So and that, that is do 700 I, miles below the Earth's surface. Do I, I even do need to ask? Oh wait, go I for it. I do want to fantasy cast this one. Oh, I do. okay. Because I I don't. I have no fantasy casting. I the only small change I would make. So I would keep everything. And again, going back to the fact of how good this movie is, we've even talked about the fact that Alfie Woodard is just like fantastic in her very small role. Right. Yeah. Stickly. Stick. stick as stick stickly. Who she's, is she's, there, like, like mission control basically. Yeah. And she just every so often looks like very concerned and speaks into a microphone and you're just like, hell yes. I believe yes. that. I would follow any instructions you give me. Any of them. Um, I would keep everybody in this cast exactly the same. I would actually change it and not make it Aaron Eckhart and Hillary Swank. No Hillary? I can't. I would remove Hillary Swank. All right. Because what are you gonna what are you gonna put there? I if we're gonna because those two you can't open a movie with those two anymore. So if we're remaking this movie, I would have to update it, keep everybody else in the cast exactly the same. Obviously Stanley Tucci. Obviously he's gonna make a Negroni at some point <laughs> in the ship. Um, I would gender swap it. Okay. Aaron Eckhart's character, Josh becomes Kristen Stewart. <laughs> my under my under the surface of the earth, he, my near the surface of the earth hero, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I would, I want her kind of that little bit of like, like that little bit of just sort of like wide-eyed, wild-eyed energy that she has. Yes. I like that she'd have chemistry with everybody in that ship. Um, and I think that she also would have that, a little bit more of that nihilistic, like the earth is going to die, but yeah, sure, we can try and save it. Like, I want that sort of, a little bit less of like sad-eyed puppy that Aaron Eckhart brings to it, and a little bit edgier. So then, who is Hillary? Hillary then becomes Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because he and I, I debated, and for a moment I was almost like it's Manny Jacinto because I love him so much. Uh huh. Um, but and I love him in glasses, but then I was like, no, it's it's going to take longer to break him away from that, like from the from the. Um, good place. But, <laughs> uh, Chadwick Boseman, because I feel like he just, he does the military thing and like the emotionless thing so well, but he would have a little spark with Kristen Stewart that I think would be <laughs> oh, God. really fun. He, they'd have like a great I, spark. I can't the imagine. Two them would, the, I cannot I imagine the two of them would place even next to one another. They would play so Hillary Swank so and Kristen Stewart possibility. N I I think it would be such a fun bit of calf. I think that the two of them would have, I think he'd have a good time playing off of her. 
I would like to see him have a good time. So uh, that's, that's the thing. Good. That's, <laughs> I, I think that he could have fun. And I think that would be able he would be able to bring that like gravitas, but also so that is the casting I would like just on a whim do. But oh, and then I would uh, recast DJ Qualls is probably too old now. Like it would be weird. He absolutely is not. He was great in the Man in the High Castle for four seasons, okay. playing a very similar character. Okay, cool. Then I won't recast him. But yeah, I, it's like, and that's <laughs> he's still really, entirely that's, DJ Qualls. Yeah, and honestly, I could also just keep Hillary Swank and have her play opposite Kristen Stewart. Um, but it would just change the movie really dramatically and it would entirely make the, then that movie would be entirely subtext for, yes. like yes. the entire thing about like journeying to the center of the earth would be like entirely about the coming out process. <laughs> so that would be what this movie would become about. Um, yes. but like in lesbian awakening, but this is ultimately for me, it is a really perfect cast. So, so then, so how many, I mean, how many towering infernos then Amanda? How many? I almost want to do four and three quarters, just knock off a quarter, just because of the um, <laughs> the volcano the, fact, the volcano thing. <laughs> just because, just or not the but because of the 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 tectonic plate thing. Okay, hey, I, hey. four and three. I might go four and three quarters just because that bothers me so much. But it is really a perfect movie, so I'm just gonna go five. I'm five, five, five. It was five so much fun, and I cried so many times. <laughs> it's such a good movie. So it, good. it is. It is unfairly maligned, and everybody should watch it and enjoy it. Um, it's on Netflix, so just do it. Just watch it on Netflix. <laughs> let's make it. Let's make it trend on Netflix, you guys. Don't now then, trended the other week, so we can get not. We can get this going. Now then, we. we it, it's such a hard act to follow, so we're yeah. going to go back in time a little bit. Amanda, what is our next movie so, for next? One that's been requested by a lot of people. We are doing Airport 1975. Yeah. Yeah, and that can be watched on Amazon. You can rent on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, or Vudu. It has, it has Charles Blair. Yep. It's so this is a classic. I've never seen it. So I'm excited about this. It's been ages. So it'll be like new for me. Now is this, is this like uh, an installment in the airplane franchise or what's the, this is what inspired airplane. Yeah. This is sort of, this would be that like this, the, this is the impetus. Yeah. So airplane parodies this quite heavily. Interesting. So Yeah. So that'll be that'll be back next week, and then Jordan will have your birthday, so we'll have to figure something out for yours. Yes, yeah. I'll I'll get thinking of that. And um, yeah, in the meantime, uh, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at j o r c r u, and you can find me on Patreon mm. at patreon.com slash cruciola, which is c r u c c h i o l a. Come read all of the things I'm writing. Okay, and uh, I'm Amanda R. Tubbs on Twitter. It's Tubbs with two Bs. I paused for you this time, Jason, and you didn't do two Bs. Two Bs. There we go. <laughs> and uh, Jason, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones. All right. And you can find us. We're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We're disastergirls on Letterboxd. If you haven't already, please take a second to rate and review us um, and subscribe. All of that is super helpful to us. Give us five towering infernos. Yes. Hell yeah. We could really use a few of those. So give <laughs> us those. And uh, we'll see you all back next week for Airport 1975. Woohoo. Bye, everybody. Yay. Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know.